You're listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl Podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Beulah Girl Podcast, and I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. I want to share a story today on the podcast from my own personal life. I went through a dark season six years ago when I suffered my second miscarriage, and I had a fallout in terms of my health and emotions. It was just a difficult, felt like I was honestly climbing out of a pit. And for those of you tuning in, perhaps you've suffered a recent miscarriage or you've had one in the past and you may be struggling in the same way. You just feel like you're in a dark pit of suffering where you're trying to climb out. You're trying to feel healthy again, normal. You're trying to feel happy again. You may be angry at God. You may be have questions or you may be confused or you may just be incredibly sad still and trying to navigate all those emotions associated with losing a child. I wanted to pull the story from my past today for the podcast for those of you who are in that place, but also for those of you maybe tuning in, maybe you haven't suffered a miscarriage, but perhaps you're walking through something else difficult where you just feel like you're in the middle of something really hard and you can't see God anywhere in it. It doesn't feel like he cares about you. It feels too confusing and dark to even see your way out. You're not sure whether you can trust him anymore. You're not sure why he's brought you where he's brought you, but you just feel like the path forward is very unclear and you're not sure of really what he's doing in your life. And it seems very mysterious, very confusing. And I think it's when we're at that point that we really can turn away from God because we start to question if God is good, if God really knows what he's doing in our life, if we can really trust him. And it's then that the enemy likes to lie to us and tell us that God doesn't have our best interest in mind. He can't be trusted and that we just, you know, he's not doing good for us and just to take it on our own from there. And so it's when we're in the middle that I just want to offer encouragement with my story that as I look back over the, the last six years, when I walk through the actual miscarriage, which I'm going to share in a minute, more details about that, it was a very dark time and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I am now six years later can see how God brought beauty out of that time that was in and of itself a bad event that I wish, you know, still wouldn't want to wish that it happened, but how he brought beauty out of something that only seemed bad. And that's really what God tells us in scripture in Romans eight twenty eight. It tells us that he brings good to us from bad things that were intended for our harm and our, and things that are, are bad in our life that he can bring good to us from them and bring beauty out of situations that are very ugly and that we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. Last week, I posted on my blog an article that um, I wrote about Ruth and Naomi and when they were traveling from Moab and they were traveling to Judah, there was really a point where Ruth had a choice. 
she had a choice to go continue going on into Judah or she could turn back to go to Moab. And one of the things that I wrote in my blog at that point is it says, I wrote, even though it appeared that Ruth would only find more tragedy in leaving behind promising connections in Moab and going to Judah, she, in fact, by choosing to follow God, walked straight and unimaginable blessing. However, she could not have known what awaited her down the road, leading away from Moab. What if she had followed Orpah and turned back at the point when circumstances looked and felt the worst? What if she hadn't trusted God in her bleak circumstance and turned back to her to her God? Sometimes our biggest blessings await us on the other side of our pain. While it might appear that nothing but suffering and hardship await us when we walk in God's way, we see when we fast forward in the story Ruth does indeed find a husband and bears a son in the lineage of Jesus that God can work in our most difficult situations. And then I include a quote from A. Thompson that says this, and it's in old time language because it's from a long time ago, how unfit we are to judge of an unfinished providence and how necessary it is if we would understand or write the reason of God's ways that we should wait and see the web with its many colors woven out three short months during which these dark, those dark providences were suddenly to blossom into prosperity and joy would give to that sorrowful woman another interpretation of her long exile in Moab. When the night seems the darkest, we are often nearest the dawn. Begin to tune thy harp, O weeping saint and weary pilgrim. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Learn to wait. When the great drama of our earth's history is ended, God will again pronounce all to be very good. And I'm not saying any of this to make light of the suffering that you perhaps have gone through or to make light of your situation. I know sometimes it can be make make you feel even worse when people say, oh, something's going to come out of this or God has a plan or, you know, we live in an earth where tragedy happens because there's sin in the world and suffering and, and our bodies are not perfect as a result. And sometimes very sad things happen that we didn't cause and have no control over. But I read the quote just to say that Ruth was a woman who had lost her husband, lost her father-in-law, really lost her ability to prosper because she had no real way of making a good living for herself as a woman unless she married again. And so she didn't have much prospect, but she kept on following God, even though she could have turned away. She just kept following him. And the things that were really sad and brought the most suffering to her ended up all working together in God's plan so that she eventually found blessing and joy once again, even though she didn't think she would. So I want to get to the story of my own miscarriage. Six years ago, I had two children. I had two small children. And honestly, my husband and I really had no plans of having more children. We hadn't really decided. My first pregnancy had ended in miscarriage, but then we had a healthy pregnancy after that with my oldest daughter was born and then my son. And we really hadn't discussed a third, but I ended up getting pregnant again. And when I did, I was overjoyed. I was excited. And I really was thinking to myself what it would be like to be a mom of three kids. And I honestly thought, because I had had a miscarriage my first pregnancy and went through kind of some trials with my hormones and things at that point, I thought that my 
suffering with in relate relation to pregnancies was over that there was no way that I was somehow immune to it happening again because I had already kind of put in my time so to speak by having one previous miscarriage I was very fearful in my second and third pregnancy with my daughter and son during the whole time I was very fearful that I would lose lose those pregnancies but I ha- ended up having healthy healthy children and so when I got pregnant again, I was not fearful anymore. I was not afraid. I really felt so joyful about the pregnancy and I figured that everything was going to work out great with it because I didn't imagine that I would have a miscarriage a second time. When I went to my first ultrasound, I had to go to it early because I had already planned a trip to go see my parents and they live in Seattle. And so I went early and everything looked great in the ultrasound. The baby's heartbeat, I was very uplifted. My iron was a little low and they gave me a prescription to get on iron, but my iron was always a little low, no matter if I was pregnant or not. So I wasn't that concerned. And I was a little concerned about flying, but again, they assured me everything would be okay. So I took the children and I went on a trip to see my parents. Everything went fine on the trip. I felt great. I did feel really tired, but then again, I was in my first trimester and... I had two small children, so I figured, you know, that's normal. When I came home from the trip, I felt more tired than I'd ever felt in my life. I just felt like it just, I could not get myself moving. I was literally exhausted. And um, I just remember taking my kids to, a pl- to the playground and it was hot outside. And I just felt so exhausted and I felt like something just there was just a warning in the back of my mind like I just felt like I, I was uh, you know from the moment I'd gotten pregnant I was just big for like it just my stomach just popped right out and I was just really big for the fact that it wasn't that far along and I just remember looking at my stomach and feeling like it hadn't grown that week and that I was a little concerned and I went out with some friends for dinner and they kept on asking me, you know, about plans for the baby and it just it felt really odd to talk about the baby. It just felt like something was just wrong. I just couldn't put my finger on it, but it just I was just a little bit hesitant to even talk about it because it just felt like I was just getting this warning of, wow, maybe you're just rushing into this and that maybe you shouldn't be embracing this as wholeheartedly as you are because, you know, maybe everything's not okay. And uh, we had, I mean, we were already in full planning mode. We had even swapped out our vehicle to buy a larger vehicle with a third row to accommodate our growing family. I mean, we were just 100% invested in the the idea that we were having, you know, everything was going fine and we were going to have another baby. And so I went home after eating with my friends and I was just so tired, like unnaturally tired. But again, I was pregnant and I was really tired in all of my first, you know, the first trimester of all my pregnancies. So I went to bed that night. My husband had been watching the kids and I I went into bed and I got up the next morning and I'll spare you the details. I know, you know, those of you listening, you know what happens with a miscarriage or um, if you don't, you can look it up, but it's, it's not pretty. And when I woke up the next morning, I was just shocked because I wasn't expecting But when I went to the bathroom, it was like, oh my goodness, there is a major problem. And I immediately got on the phone with my doctor's office. And even at that point, I was holding on to hope. 
I was, I was just thinking of every scenario in my mind. I remembered a friend who had had some similar symptoms and her pregnancy ended up fine. I, I thought in my mind, maybe it's twins, you know, maybe, maybe I'll lose one of the babies, but one of the babies will be okay. Like I was running through every scenario, even though I was seeing some very concerning symptoms and the doctor said, come in, you know, come in right away. I didn't get makeup on. I didn't do my hair. I threw a dress on. Our whole family got in the car. I told my husband, you cannot go to work. We all got in the car. I said, you need to drive me, which again, I didn't even feel like I could drive myself. And my two kids were strapped in their car seats. We didn't have any time to even call anybody or arrange childcare. We headed on over the doctors and things just were not getting, they were just continuing. And I called the doctor in the parking lot and they said, go to the hospital. So I went straight on to the hospital and I immediately got checked in and they rolled me in. And again, I had not dolled myself up for that day. My hair was just this frizzy mess and it was really early in the morning. And I just, every nurse that was helping me, they were really sweet, but they were like literally fresh out of nursing school and so young and just so cute and their makeup was perfect and I just felt so humiliated with how bad I looked and just I really was like is there any nurse in here that is like older and has had children because I am a mess and I just want someone who has been through the childbirthing process and can be a comfort to me because everybody helping me was like had never had a kid and was like 21. But anyway, and so the doctor came in, they arranged for an ultrasound. They wheeled me down to the ultrasound and the it was very odd. The screen, you know, normally when you get an ultrasound in the doctor's office, they let you see the screen. They talk you through what they're seeing. The screen was turned away and there was a big sign on the wall saying something about, you know, that something about doctors couldn't show results until, you know, whatever. And so they were looking at, so here's this tech looking what's on the screen. She's not telling me, but she has a very worried expression on her face. And then she starts telling me the story about how she went through six pregnancies before she had one that was healthy. And I'm thinking, why is she telling me the story? I mean, I'm, I'm sensing in the back of my mind, this, her face does not look good. She is not seeing what she needs to be seeing on the screen. Like it is not a good thing. And so I let, you know, they rolled me out of there and rolled me back to my room and my results came in and they came to come talk to me and they told me that it wasn't gonna, that it wasn't a, that the pregnancy was, was over and that, um, I was, I was losing the baby, but they were seeing a lot of tissue that, um, still wasn't, you know, that my body was struggling. Like it, it wasn't releasing everything. Um, so they wanted to just go ahead and have me have surgery to, to help my body in the process. And so I just agreed to everything. It was just all so fast. And, and I just told them, okay. And they said, you know, they kept on telling me, Cause I was just stoic. Like I didn't even, I think it was just such a shock to me that I didn't, I didn't cry. I didn't, um, I didn't have any reaction other than I was just so shocked that I couldn't. And they kept on telling me, you know, it's okay if you cry. 
and I didn't do say you know really have any reaction and so they wheeled me later into surgery and it was kind of the there was a little bit of a cool moment when I was wheeling to the surgery there was a woman who worked at my attended my church she worked at the hospital and she just she wasn't assigned to me or anything but she just was doing her rounds and she saw me and recognized me waiting to be wheeled in and she said oh hi what are you doing here and it was that moment that i just burst into tears and just you know seeing her and her familiar face and so she just she prayed for me before i went in and i felt like that you know god sent a little angel that day to help me but anyway they wheeled me in. Everything went fine. I woke up from surgery and went home. And after surgery, I did not feel good waking up the next day. My heartbeat was racing. And it come to find out that my my iron levels were just really, really low. That um, I was pretty much at blood transfusion level, but that they had released me. And So it was kind of a long road to recovery. Honestly, I didn't feel very hot after. So I had to clear my schedule and it was several months before I kind of got back to to normal. But it was just a real shock that it had happened. So, you know, I spent a lot of time just kind of in my room and I still had my two children, but we got a babysitter to help with some of the time because when my husband was at work, I really couldn't handle their active, you know, active toddlers and so he, we got some help for me in that way. But there was a lot of time that I spent in my room just kind of recovering. And in that time, I asked God a specific question. I just said, Lord, you know, how can this be anything but ugly? I was so shocked that he would let my body go through that ugly of a process. And then it had to be that gruesome, that I had to go to the hospital, that I had to go through the surgery, that when I went through the surgery, that my blood levels had dropped so low that they released me without even telling me what level I was at, that I needed, really needed a blood transfusion, that I just felt betrayed in every way. And, you know, out of that dark season, there was some good things that came out of it and some healing the Lord brought. And very specifically, one of the things he told me after the miscarriage, immediately when I asked him, how can this be anything but ugly There was a picture that popped up in my mind and it was of Jesus on the cross and his body was completely mangled and disrespected and bloodied and his forehead and he's, his body went through the suffering and it was just like all of a sudden I realized, you know, God allowed his son, the son that he loved to go through what he did and I just got the takeaway I got from that was that it wasn't that he loved me any less or didn't love me at all because he had allowed that. And it was just oddly comforting to me that that was his answer to me, that he let his own son go through what he did. And, and, and again, I didn't really know the purpose of my miscarriage and not that there really was any purpose, but that I just was comforted by that fact And there was a a few, I think, gifts that kind of came out of that really dark time. Again, I would have never wanted to go through this. It was a bad, a bad experience. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but there were some good things that came out. And one is just the patience to slow down. 
And when I was on my bed during that time recovering, I really could savor small things around me. I, I really just could really hone in on my children. And I noticed, wow, you know, my daughter, she's got another freckle on her face. Um, my son, he's saying a new word. It just, I really just felt like time just went slow down. And I really, you know, I had such a busy schedule that a lot of times when you're just rushing from place to place, you just really can't think or hear clearly from God. And so I could just really hear and see and, and feel him very near me. And just even a trip to the grocery store was really impactful or meaningful. Like it was a big deal. You know, it was all I was doing during the day. So I could just appreciate some of the things that I was rushing past beforehand. Number two, the second thing that I think really came out of that experience was just compassion for others. That honestly, before that point, I had had really excellent health. And so when other people would share their health problems with me, then I would actually get kind of annoyed. I would feel kind of irritated when, you know, a person, if you have some of those friends in your life, they have maybe a chronic, something they're struggling with, and it's like all they talk about. And, (laughs) you know, if you don't have that particular problem or you aren't struggling in your health, you can kind of get irritated by how much they bring it up. And so I wasn't very compassionate. I was just kind of irritated when someone would bring up something over and over. And I remember there were two, there was a woman that I knew that she had had her sixth miscarriage and she didn't really share it openly, but I knew about it and I didn't really know what to do. So I just kind of avoided her after it happened. And she was always so sweet to me and I just felt remembered when I was kind of laying in my bed going through what it was that I had not really acknowledged her or even gone up to her and said anything. And I I guess I was too afraid to say the wrong thing or I just, you know, again, it just, I kind of pushed it out of my mind and didn't realize she really probably wanted to be noticed and wanted people to care about what had happened to her. So there were things like that is it helped me to going through you know, when I went through my own suffering, it helped me to remember other people's suffering and to notice them. And during that time, our neighbor had a stroke. And so I remember going over there and talking to them and just taking a moment out of my day to to speak with them because I felt compassion and going through my own suffering helped me in that way. Number three, another sort of good thing that came out of a experience that I would not have ever wished on anyone else was just an increased spiritual awareness. As I said, I could just, I was just had a lot of time to read devotion, spend time praying on my bed. And I just felt really that I heard God. And in that time, I began to even have God give me assignments for other people that you know, I'd always kind of heard from God and every now and then for a family member or friend, I would kind of feel like God had given me a word to go speak to them, but it didn't really happen with strangers. But after my miscarriage, I I remember going to the doctor's office and just being shocked by how God specifically gave me some words to speak to three women in the doctor's office. And I felt like me walking in there, I didn't, I felt like I was in too horrible a state to do anything for him. But he had me speak to some women during that time. And it was really an increase in hearing from him and getting words from him during that time. And then fourthly, 
during that time, I also just got a greater dependence on him that from the moment that I started having the symptoms that I did, I knew that I didn't, that I needed help. And I just cried out to God. I cried out to him initially to save my baby and to, to, to make it all work out, but it didn't go that way. He didn't answer the prayer in that way, but I knew that I still needed him. And I think that often we go through something hard. There is that point where we, we can be angry and we say, God, I don't need you because look what you brought into my life. But, you know, I don't understand all the things about suffering, but often the suffering that comes while God is sovereign over it, that often we suffer because of the fallen world we live in and because of sin that is, you know, that has brought sickness and disease into our world because of Adam and Eve, you know, initially they, they lived in a perfect world, but now we have, we have disease and we have storms and we have things that don't work out the way we want them to. And even when we have a relationship with God, he doesn't take away the suffering that we experience just as a part of this earth. And that's a hard thing to grapple with. And, and, you know, so that was something that and sometimes we can want to turn against him and say, God, this isn't fair because it's, it is not, it's horrible, but he's still with us even when we have a lot of questions of him. God gave me one other little piece that kind of helped me when I got out of the hospital. And that was not only the picture of his son on the cross, but I also just wanted to see what my baby looked like. You know, I didn't get a chance to see because the baby wasn't well enough formed. It wasn't far enough along. And because I had to go through surgery, I didn't really get to see what the baby looked like. And so he, I just prayed that. And I didn't even think that he would answer that prayer really. I mean, I just decided to pray it. And across my mind just flashed this picture of this girl. And she had freckles like my other daughter does. And well, really all my children have freckles now, but my daughter has a lot of freckles and because her dad has freckles and there was just this freckle faced girl. And I knew it was her and I knew it was a girl because she, I was only 11 and a half weeks along. So I didn't, I didn't know. And that was something else that he gave me. And it was like those little stepping stones, just, you know, the picture he gave me of Jesus, the, the image of my daughter, I wanted to know what she looked like. They helped to, to stitch across that wounded heart that I felt like there was a hole there that nothing could stitch it up, that it was just bottomless. And I think that's what grief feels like. It feels like you're falling or you're trapped and you can't get out. And it was like he just stitched along that little hole or that huge hole, I should say. And those are the things that helped me climb out. And again, it was a very long process. But now six later, years later, I say, wow, you know, the goodness of God to bring me through that situation. And one year later, after my miscarriage, you know, I my health had been regained. And I had just made an appointment to the doctor to just see. I wanted to get my iron levels checked. I wanted to see if I was in good enough health to become pregnant again. And again, the goodness of God is that um, I felt sick the day that I went to the doctor's office and I was thinking, what is wrong with me? 
I feel like I have the flu. And I went to go talk to the doctor. They ran a bunch of tests. And when I got home from that day, from the doctor's office, I, I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm just going to take a pregnancy test just to see because I feel horrible. And I had some expired pregnancy tests from like years ago. And I took one out and I was pregnant again. And then the doctor's office called me like the next day and said, um, you know, all those tests they had run to see what my iron levels, they said, oh, by the way, you're already pregnant. And I said, I know. And then when I saw my daughter for the first time, uh, my daughter Ansley, um, it was at 11 and a half weeks. Uh, it was the exact same age of the one I had lost on the ultrasound. There had been a mix up. I was supposed to get it earlier. And I just saw her and she was so happy in the womb. She was just bouncing and joyful. And that's just her personality. She was born in May. She's my May spring baby. She's now about to turn five, but she's always been the happiest, most joyful, upbeat little girl. And so I did get to have a third child after all. And of course I have five children. Technically there are two in heaven, but three of my children now. And I really wanted to have that third child and I had her when I was 36. So, um, you know, now I'm probably too old to even have a baby. Um, working on almost 42 now, but, uh, I did get the third child that I was really wanting to have. And that there's just been so much healing that, that came from not only what God told me, but just the fact that I was able to have a healthy, a healthy child once again. And, when I went into surgery before, they told me that there was a risk before I went into surgery of there being damage um, to my uterus um, when they were removing the tissue. Um, there might be damage and that there might be a possibility of me not having another child. And But they said they were confident that they could do it. They had done the procedure. The doctor said he'd done it a million times and he said... I'm really confident that you'll, you're going to be okay. But I didn't know and that it was, I was able to. And so that was really a wonderful thing that I could carry Ansley, my daughter, to, to full term. So I say all this to say that sometimes when we're going through a horrible dark circumstance, all we can see is the pain and we can't see God in it. And that's the time to hunker down. And say, God, I am clinging to you. I do not like what I'm going through. I don't understand it. I don't even know if I trust you right now. But I am going to cling to you. And I'm going to do what it says in the Bible. I am going to ask you to help me to trust you. And and walk me through this. Because I know that you do care for me. And that the enemy would like nothing more than to get us to turn away from God in our pain. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, many of us listening here today are walking through really tough circumstances. Maybe we've lost a baby recently or one in the past, and we're questioning your goodness. We're questioning your care of us. We're questioning if we can trust you. Lord, I just pray you minister to these women's hearts and that, Lord, even if they can't see what you're doing, that you would help them to hang on and not give up and know that you can bring beauty out of things that don't make sense, that are dark, if we hang on to you, you are the author and finisher of our life. You promise 
to bring good out of the things that were intended to harm us. You promised to bring us good out of things that were intended to rob us of joy. And that, Lord, if we can't see it now, we will see it in the future. Thank you, Lord, that you care for us. Thank you that you're with us. And thank you, Lord, that you never leave us and you are a healer, Lord, of our hearts when we feel like we can't go on. Thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.